Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William, the Opinion Updike. And I am Positive Chuck Mockler. And we're your friendly neighborhood Clippers podcast. Just a couple of best friends and Clipper credentialed media folks who bring you locked on Clippers every fortnight? Close. Five days a week, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m., kill some windshield time, make us your first listen, and let's relive this scintillating 97-91 victory over the Mavs. Oh, yes. The continue, the Clippers, ugh. The Clippers win despite not putting up 100 points. Uh, we're going to recap that game versus the Mavs. We're talking about what we liked. This was what we didn't like. And then in segment two, we're talking the freshies. Every single Monday, we talk about guys fresh to the squad, just fresh things. We're talking about Serge being back, how Amir Coffee has been able to fill in oh, uh, yeah. with Batum sort of out of the lineup. And I'm just going to say it off top. Batum has entered health and safety protocols, so yep. we are going to be without him for a time. So it's it's good that Coffee has you know been performing <laughs> defensively well so far. For sure. And then in segment three, we're going to talk the Luke Kennard progress report oh, as yeah. well as Vorp Watch. Look, we like to take a look once a week at Terrence Mann's value over replacement <laughs> player. And as always, we like to take a look at Mr. Ohio himself. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just kind of check in and see where he's at. So all of that and possibly more. Coming up right about now. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, so the Clippers got the win over the Mavs at the brunch game, which, you know, this was very much a brunch game in a lot of aspects of it. There was no Nick Batum announced very close to tip-off due to health and safety protocols. Shams is reporting it's probably going to be 10 days which is around five games missed. We'll talk about this more in the freshies, but we hope Nick Batum is doing well. We hope everything is okay. We hope this is an uneventful health and safety protocol for him. Let's get into this game. It started at 1230. It was a slow start for sure for kind of both teams in terms yes. of pace and all that good stuff. Definitely. But Zubats early, and we'll talk about Paul George, obviously. Zubats early, I don't know if he like kept the Clippers in this one, but he's kind of been leaned on a bit to make things happen offensively when things are starting slow. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I'm always surprised when this, this matchup is like kind of working really well. Uh, I know I shouldn't. I, 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 <laughs> I know shouldn't exactly be. what you mean, though. I, That's really. <laughs> I shouldn't be. It's just kind of it, it can be surprising in times. But yeah, we, we were running a decent amount of offense with him in this one to start. And in some spurts, it seemed to be like the only way we were able to kind of like reliably get a score. Uh, he did get the elusive zoo double double. He finished with sixteen <laughs> and ten. Um, this was a great, this was a great game for him, and it, it was kind of interesting because with him playing so well and Serge being back, we really saw a steep cratering of Hartenstein's minutes. Uh, kind of surprising. Yeah, he played about five minutes in this one, and that is even with you know Serge being on some sort of minutes restriction. Uh, but yeah. I think it's just a situation where, you know, Zoo was playing so well, not really a, a, a need. There's not really a need. Tyloo um, kind of referenced that, too, in the pregame. He was like, we got three centers healthy. We're going to run, you know, Zoo as the starter and then Surge is back. But kind of it was kind of like basically we're running a hot hand approach. Yeah, definitely. And it was interesting because even with three centers in this one, we saw some really pretty interesting small ball lineups, especially oh, yeah. there in the fourth. Yeah. But what else do we like from this one, Chuck? Um. We're going to talk about it kind of as a fresh starter, but dude, Amir Coffey, I think it was Brian Cullen tweeted, had like a Patrick Beverly special in this one. <laughs> he was plus 21, which is the best on the team by a mile, but he put up three, five, and two. Like he's, his presence on the court is conducive to good things happening. And I know I feel like I kind of say this every time we talk about Amir Coffey, the turnaround from what happened in the preseason 
and all this stuff is so great to see. He's he's been thrust into the starting position, and we assume we'll see it more in the next five games or so. Yeah, and it's been great. Definitely. He, I mean, he's been sort of like that Nick Batum glue guy kind of situation. He's been hustling. Mm-hmm. In this one, he actually shot the ball pretty efficiently too, albeit only on two attempts. But he did knock him down on a fifty percent rate, which like. If you can hit one early or like one of your two early, like that makes the defense have to think a little bit more. So that's always going to be helpful. And that's yeah. always going to be the biggest the biggest barrier really for coffee getting regular rotation minutes when the team is at a version of whatever more, of more full strength than it is currently. <laughs> yeah, whatever we look like for sure. Uh, I also want to talk about since we're talking about guards, Luke Kennard. Uh, oh, yeah. He continues to add value. He finished with nine, three and two in this one with. And this is the important part, Dude. two steals and a block. He's a pesky defender now. He's been elevated from net neutral. He's been elevated from neutral defender to pesky defender in my eyes. Yeah. Yeah, he shot the ball really efficiently. And then the thing with Luke Kennard is that, like, I sometimes the timing, and, and this is credit to Ty as well, but sometimes sure. the timing of a Luke Kennard three. Dude, it's backbreaking. It, like, carries team. this team into a momentum. Like, it, it sparks something uh and and part of it is definitely that everyone across this roster is like a champion of other guys sure so i think it like seeing luke like get going or like get you know get hot gets everybody to like just in a, a more kind of locked in place talking to him like more locked in and and hitting shots reggie jackson found his shot at the end of the first half of this one yes uh <laughs> and kind of started loving life he was like definitely you know shit talking uh having having dude, a was, good old time this was a chippy game i love this rivalry also this this dude like we talk about the reggie roller coaster on this show i mean he continues to be two different players from mm-hmm. the start of a quarter till the end of a quarter yep. uh when he starts to get like a lot more efficient he didn't have a bucket in this game until the final minutes of the first half he hit a couple threes to get this thing you know back into in, into range at the break of the yeah. half there um he was also driving in the basket being really aggressive i loved his composure and and that's yeah that sort of aggression uh he was four of six from two-point range in this one uh just hit a dagger layup too yeah his layup late kind of sealed this one one of the things that we mentioned paul george up top paul george had 29 four and six with a steal too many turnovers um which we're gonna talk about he had six of the 14 which was rough there was he dunked on dwight powell in this game and it was right around the end of the first half and it felt like the energy completely shifted for the clippers it's when reggie started hitting shots like it it brought up the 12 30 p.m start energy which was awesome and he got a little bit of rest here and there like i mean the efficiency was a little you know rough but at this point like with how many guys were short am i wrong for not giving a shit about the efficiency (laughs) no you're not wrong and it is trending in the right direction this game from where it had been yeah um but yeah it it, you know it hasn't been ideal like the last couple of games um but yeah he he, he's bouncing back in the right direction he finished with 29 4 and 6 in this one with a steal love it some of the effort to me was a little bit questionable, especially on the defensive end, but he did lock in like sort of as things went. He also did have like one or two really good defensive possessions on Chris Stapps. Yeah. Um, there was kind of a period, you talked about him sort of like getting some opportunity to rest. There was a period in the third where it seemed like he was losing gas. He went like 0 of 3 yeah. for this yeah. little stretch. And Ty was able to put in Justice Will, Justice Winslow rather for a little bit just to kind of buy yeah, Paul George team. some rest. And then you talk about momentum things. 
This was a huge momentum thing when Ty Lue uh, challenged a call. So why don't you break that one down? Okay, so this is, it was, oh my God, it was so close. It was 94.89, less than a minute left. It was basically kind of Chris Tapps and PG trading buckets. And then Jalen Brunson drives on Terrence Mann. Um, they call a foul on Terrence Mann, despite him getting elbowed in the face by Jalen Brunson. And he, he had an opportunity to go for an and one. The score would have been 94-91 with a free throw for Brunson. But Ty threw the challenge flag or waggled his fingers, whatever you do in the NBA. And it was over. I think overturned. you just make a circling motion. <laughs> yeah, you do the lasso move. Uh, Ty Lue challenged it, and it was overturned. This was the, like, it wasn't the turning point in the game by any means, but this was one of the, this was the clutchest challenge we'll see all regular season. Oh, definitely, This yeah. turns it from a probably two-point game with less than a minute left to a five-point game with less than a minute left. Fantastic challenging by Ty. Um, and shout out to Terrence Mann for being able to take that elbow to the face. Yeah, well, we've seen some interesting face contact in the game so far yes, uh, today. So what didn't we like from this one, Chuck? I mean, brunch games suck. They're yeah, not good the basketball. the first half of this game was... Oh the entire first half until PG's dunk on Powell was bad. Had to battle back a few times. We were down nine at one point in the second. I mean, it was a flat game that the Clippers won, is, is yes. what I, how I would describe this game. Totally. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Um... Not having Zoo, so we talked about some of the like weird t small lineups yes. um, that were interesting. Like there, there were some like three and four guard, guard kind of situations. So not closing with Zoo was a little bit interesting. <laughs> it's just kind of weird, but like. we did get the win, so I guess it's fine. I mean, Dallas even countered us going super small at one point with Boban. Like there. There was some kind of interesting things yeah. happening here. Kristaps just killed us when we were small, which is why it was really interesting that we went well, small. Well, yes and game. no on that. Because like the That's defense fair. on on Porzingis, I didn't think was particularly great. Um, you know, we were really lucky that he didn't make any of his three pointers, and like he had trouble kind of being aggressive and decisive. I thought classic Kristaps. The first half, he was really getting the shots that he wanted, and he was asserting his dominance on the offensive glass. He had like four. No one was rebounds. in his way. Yeah, like in, that, in that first half, and he didn't have another offensive rebound for the rest of the game. But yeah, we ran some of our smaller lineups. It was kind of weird, like the thing with the Kristaps thing about like killing us with smaller things, like smaller lineups and players on the floor is half true but there were a bunch <laughs> of possessions where like reggie or sometimes even canard or man would be on chris Tapps, and it really seemed like he did not want the ball like, in those what the hell's going on? he was like not really trying Bledsoe to on chris Tapps is like kryptonite because bledsoe on chris Tapps is like a smaller defender who's aggressive yes <laughs> yeah yeah but the one that really stuck out to me where there was there was like a couple of possessions where they got the ball down low to chris Tapps and he was passing out like yeah. when his primary defender was Reggie Jackson. Hey, so I I don't know I I don't know if that's something that we can uh, try to capitalize on again when we take <laughs> this team on again on on Tuesday. We'll just play we'll five see. guards. Um, and then real quick, the offense is just really hard to watch sometimes. Ninety-seven points in this game, which is one more than their average over the last five games, which is uncomfortable. Not a lot of ball movement in this one either. I think we only Dude. had like nineteen assists. We average 90 field goal attempts a game for the season. We put up 75 in this game. Which is yeah, gross. that's low. Just that's three guys low. in double digits. Who cares? We got the win. Um, yeah, it was a good win. Get, anytime you get a brunch win, it's good. Coming up, we're going to be talking the freshies, uh, where we feel about Bledsoe's play, uh, Serge being back, his return, uh, Amir Coffee, and then just kind of trying to figure out what to do with Batum out. But first, we got to give a shout out to Prize Picks. It is the best 
NBA DFS prop game on the market. I've been playing it quite a bit. It offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator, proprietor, if you will, and offers all the superstar players as well as bench guys only recording a handful of minutes each game. It's fantastic. If you use promo code NBA, you'll get a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and that's it. It is that simple. You can do the over on Mahomes' interceptions. You can do the over on LeBron punches to opponents' faces. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com. Use promo code NBA. Or go to your App Store and download the app today. PrizePix is fantasy made easy. And Will, what is TV made easy? Uh, you got to check out DirecTV. Look, I'm sure we're all familiar with this scenario. You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract, so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Don't forget, compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right. Welcome to the Freshies. We're getting good at the speed reading thing. <laughs> um, the Freshies, we do this every Monday. We just talk the new guys, maybe new situations. We got a smattering of all that today. Will, should we start... Let's start with the Eric Bledsoe thing, because Eric Bledsoe was someone who, coming into the season, I believe we had a title of this episode that said, everyone is underrating Eric Bledsoe. Yes. And then we started one and four, and everyone was very much underrating Eric Bledsoe. We went on the seven-game streak. We're back to the four seed. He's averaging 10, four, and four. Had a rough outing against the Mavs, which we didn't He really did not have a rough outing. He just only attempted four field goal attempts. I know. He just didn't make any of them. He made one. Oh, all right. He shot 25%, which is... It's only four attempts. <laughs> it's not good, though. That's a low enough sample size that I feel like that doesn't count. All right. Well, it does count. He only stacked. attempted a single three. <laughs> oh, I know. I like only <laughs> attempting a single three. The hate has seemed to have taken a back seat. You seem protective of Eric Bledsoe. How do we feel about him almost 20 games through the season so far? Uh, I mean, look, he's had his ups, ups and downs, and sure. we've talked about this a little bit already on the podcast, but I think the fit between him and Reggie is really not as seamless as we thought it was. Mm -hmm. It's clear that Reggie needs the ball in his hands a little bit more to feel comfortable uh, scoring, and there's not a whole lot of utility you can get out of Bledsoe <laughs> right. like when he's <laughs> off ball. And yeah. I think that we've seen some really good rotations built around that. Um, you know, usually you have Bledsoe kind of coming out first and then another shooter coming in. Yeah. And then you can still have shooters around Bledsoe when he comes in with that bench. Usually there's some pairing of uh Kennard, Mann, and Hart plus Bled out there, or you know, or Reggie, but we're talking specifically about Bledsoe. Uh, so they've been able to surround him with shooters, which I think is working well. He's looking more comfortable attacking the basket, which is what you want to see from him. Uh, and he's also Look, man, he's averaging 10, 4, and 4 on the season. I think we said something like 12, 4, and 6. 12, 4, and 6. It's like, honestly, ideal. Yeah. I, that's ideal Bledsoe production. So, overall, I mean, I would say I'm pretty pleased. Yeah, I feel like I'm perfectly whelmed with Bledsoe, which is good. Like, not overly excited, not disappointed at all. Because we are this defensive stalwart of a team winning games where we put up 97 points and things like that. He's definitely a part of that, and he's helping that 
And once we get Morris back and like, I feel like Clippers fans were so conditioned to just try and move past the fact that we have injuries all the time, but it's still such a big deal. And this team, everybody looks better when everyone's healthy. And Bledsoe has managed to not look bad when we haven't been healthy. And I think that's great. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and, you know, you do get those random scoring outbursts from him where he'll have like 21 points in the game, which is nice. But mm-hmm. he wasn't brought to this team to make buckets. Like, no. that's not what Eric Bledsoe is is bringing to your team. I also think that he's kind of, and we still haven't completely ironed this out, but he is the key to this team performing better in transition offensively. Yes. Um, Absolutely. Dude, 100%. He is, you know, he is quick. He's strong. He can finish really well. Um, so I think that's something that we need to take a little bit of advantage of. Who can our blue lay up on a on a fast break <laughs> oh, opportunity today? Yeah. I was a little bummed. Um, yeah, but <laughs> but yeah, I look look. I think that it's been a positive um, contribution overall, and I think it just yeah, it does really depend on where your expectations of Bledsoe kind of were coming into the season because sure. mine were high, you know, but like. I still feel like they were pretty realistic. Yeah, and everyone looks bad during the one and four start. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Um, except for Paul George. Uh, Serge Ibaka was back for the second time. Oh, my God. He looked 10 years younger Dude. on the court than the last time I saw him <laughs> at Staples Arena. Like he Night and day between he, those shifts for Serge against the Mavs. He was moving so much better, and it's like everything is better. Like his the release on his shot is even a little bit yes. quicker. Like his form looks better. Yep. He got uh, fouled a bunch right when he first came in. Like, yeah, yeah. He, had, he finished with six points, four boards, played 12 minutes. But, I mean, no, he looked, he was moving good. It was spry, surge. Like, shout out to Serge Ibaka, man. I, I mean, this was one of those things that when we first saw Serge come back, like, I didn't <laughs> Everyone have, was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have a lot of doubts in my mind that he would be able to come back until we first saw him back. And then it was like, oh, uh-oh, this is further away than I had thought. Oh, yeah. But definitely, like, going to the G League and kind of, you know, getting the opportunity to get back up to game speed, getting the confidence of, like, getting to tear stuff up a little bit. Yes. Uh, I think was definitely big for him. And What did he finish with, like, 22 and 9 and 4 that last outing for ACC or Yeah, something? yeah. So he's, like... He's definitely in a much better place, and it's, I, I mean, it was needed. Like, look, with all the absences we have, like, Serge is a good guy, is a good guy to have around. 100%. Um, and I'm really excited to see how Hartenstein deals with, con- I'm excited to see him maximize his minutes, because he's not going to get a lot. But he's going to, I think we're going to see some nice, like, eight-minute total gameplay from Hartenstein. Yeah. Um, well, and the thing is, we've, we've seen him be fouls. effective in small doses, and... You know, he is a player who's still with the foul trouble, is going to have trouble staying on the floor. So that becomes less of a concern when you have Serge, like when you have another backup. Um, and we talked about it in the last segment, but like Hartenstein's minutes like took a super crater this game. If you're part of the Hartenstein mob, I wouldn't worry about it because it was just Zoo was playing really, really well. Yes. And Serge was also looking good. And, the, and those are things that are great. Um, you know, even... Like I'm high on Hartenstein. I think that he's like one of the the best sort of pickups we've made at that price point since like absolutely, one hundred percent. But still, like it just gives you one more option, which is something that this team, due to health, has not had a lot of options this season. Very good. Call. So I think having a little bit more versatility is just, I mean, it's just going to pay off in in big dividends for the Clippers. Speaking of options, um. Amir Coffey, fresh starter. He's been great for Batum so far. Nick Batum, fresh absence. 
He's probably missing around five games. Yeah. Mavs, Pistons, Warriors, Pels, Kings. After seeing Amir Coffee against the Mavs and against the Spurs, like I'm obviously it's brutal to lose Nick Batum for a lot of reasons. But again, it seems like we have this nice option in Amir Coffee. Yeah, he's done a really good job. And I think that I don't know if he was like in his head or he was like getting stressed about proving sort of where his spot and role yeah, there was, was a lot of competition team. in the in the like the the practice definitely or but like called. what he's done is just get back to like what we expect from amir coffee on this team we expect him to be a hustle guy yeah. we expect him to you know to be a solid defender to be buzzing around on the court and he's just done that but this return to form is just great to see uh from a guy who is it his best basketball that he's played for the clippers I mean, I think in terms of like sample size, for sure, because it's been it's been more minutes. It's been on less notice. And, you know, he's he's really been effective in in those minutes. Like he is a he is a positive contributor, even though like offensively he has his struggles and he is going to be a bit of a black hole. But like I said, like if he's, he's even, not supposed to be if a he's starter. even hitting like <laughs> if he's even hitting like one three a game, that's enough to that's that's enough to pull some Sick gravity thought. of a defense that's that's enough to open things up a little bit more for Bledsoe and Paul George and even Zoo to kind of operate yeah 100 and we hope uh everything is good with Batum and the fam we'll have more updates on that when we get it but hey let's hope we're doing okay coming up we got the Luke Kennard progress report and Terrence Mann Vorp watch but first Will some people like how you talk about Built Bars. Why don't you tell us about Built Bars and these fantastic flavors they have? All right, so you know we just drone on and on about Built Bar on this <laughs> podcast, you know? It's the best tasting protein bar on the market, but you may or may not know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors. There's oh, yeah. truly something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, you're missing out. They got coconut, cherry barsi, a raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange cookies, and cream, and German chocolate. Wanna know what my favorite is? What? Maybe strawberry. Strawberry and chocolate's a pretty good combination. What's wrong with that? Yeah. Uh, I was a big Neapolitan ice cream fan as a kid, so. Famously. Yeah, yeah. If you haven't tried all the flavors, though, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Look, I keep talking about the flavor, but not only are Built Bar bars the best tasting, they're also healthy. Check out these macros. Each bar is 17 to 18 grams protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams sugar, and only four to five grams net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty all healthy and right now we have a very special offer for our listeners if you go to built.com and use promo code locked on you'll get 15 percent off your order use promo code locked on that's all caps one word for 15 percent off at built.com all right welcome to luke canard progress report and v terrence man vorp watch let's get into this luke canard progress report uh since last week's report he's faced the spurs grizzlies pels and mavs clips are two and two in that stretch in those four games Canard uh, is averaging nine four and two with forty five percent shooting from deep on five three point attempts per game. These attempts are actually one fewer than his usual amount. We talked about kind of with Batum being out, we thought we'd see Canard get more attempts. Why do we think it's lower? Is it because Batum is out in that facilitation, that extra you know passing IQ isn't on the court? Like it, it is kind of interesting. I think that's possible. I think it also depends on like the personnel that's around him on the floor. Mm -hmm. And he also, you know, we've talked about this in the past, but he is getting keyed in on more by defenses. Yes. Um, you know, he's a little bit more heavily scouted since he has a regular rotation in in the Clippers, uh, in the Clippers minutes. Because you know, before it was so 
sort of out of the blue, I, I don't really know how much footage you would have your team go through of Luke Kennard. Right. But now that you know that You're he's like, oh, he's be, a good shooter. You're like, okay, great. <laughs> yeah, now that you know that he's going to be one of those guys on the floor for, you know, 15-plus minutes, it becomes a little bit more crucial for your defense to kind of to, to counter for that and sort of know where Luke Kennard is on the floor at the, all times. The Blazers did such a good job of it in that game. Like, they nullified Luke Kennard. Yes. In that one of those games we played earlier. And, like, man, if Luke is out there and there's even only one other shooter on the floor, nullifying him is kind of a way to to beat these Clippers, non-PG minutes especially. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that that like, that is... He is such a big piece of this team being able to create any sort of offense while PG is off the floor. Yeah. And which there were some droughts against the Mavericks. We actually didn't mention this in what we didn't like. I'm just not remembering it. There were multiple three minute plus scoring droughts for the yes. Clippers versus the Mavs. And you said, like, a guy like Kennard is the person who comes in and makes that a lot easier to deal with theoretically. Theoretically, yeah. And, you know, I would still like to see his overall field goal attempts higher um mm -hmm. it, you know it is what it is i think that as he continues to progress as a defender i mean look i, I think that guys doing the right thing merit more looks i think they merit absolutely more touches at the ball yeah that's just good uh, and coaching. i know that that's like not the way that things necessarily <laughs> like work in a linear way sure. um but you know he as he chips away at some of these deficiencies that he has on the floor i mean to me that merits more floor time and like you know, some some more sets ran directly for Luke. Um, and, and I think they've done a much better job of getting Luke involved and knowing oh, yeah. how to use him Ty this Lou's season. really worked on that. Which, is which has been, you know, a huge piece of his success because, you know, Luke Kennard, he can do a lot. He's not necessarily the guy that you give the ball and say, go create offense. Yeah. It's more he can like, do it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, like, it's, yeah. I but mean, he's not and, that guy. And he has been in that role before, you know, in Detroit in his mm -hmm. past. But, like, that's just kind of not where he sits on this team. No. And should, um, which is great. So it, it definitely, it's, it's a team effort to get Luke Kennard his shots and to get Luke Kennard involved. And I'm yes. not saying that as a knock on Luke Kennard. Like, it, you know, these players who are a little bit undersized and, like, their biggest asset is shooting is always going to be one of those things that it, it's going to be a little bit team-dependent uh, sort of how your usage can evolve. Very much so. And especially with the team without a quote-unquote true point guard. It's a little more interesting to get wings. <laughs> true. Um, to get, you know, wings kind of involved and in getting Kennard involved in the offense. We talked about him being a pesky defender. What I think helps is like it seems like his defensive situation used to be go at that guy there will be no resistance now he's not only offering resistance with his he's got comfortability around this team's defense so he a knows exactly where to be yes which is great he's improved his rebounding which is huge yes he's got a confidence about him that when you're that kind of defender luke luke knows that guys are going to come at him on the defensive end yeah. He knows that that's coming, and he's answering that call and doing it in a way where it's just annoying to play that person. No, definitely. Like, well, and, it's and phenomenal it's like, to see. It goes from something that's so easy for you to kind of like target out, be like, yeah. okay, let's you know, like let's get Luke, let's isolate on Luke, and let's you know get these buckets up. And if he can provide just some resistance to that, to to nullify that even to a degree, I mean, that's going to do big things. Like 
You know, we know what his his minutes look like throughout the regular season, but him continuing to progress yeah. in that way is what's going to get him playoff minutes. And beyond that, plus playoff, actual playoff, like minutes. plus playoff minutes, yeah. like playoff minutes that actually matter and are contributing to winning basketball. A hundred percent, man. Luke Kennard progress report. Lot less jokes this season. Yeah, which is good because it means Luke Kennard's doing well. Um, shout out all of uh, Ohio. Terrence Mann Vorp Watch, famously Joseph Fry Award's least favorite segment of any podcast he's ever been on. Um, for those who don't know, Vorp is the value over replacement player. It's a wonky stat. You want it to be above zero. It goes up as the season goes up. Terrence Mann started this report at minus 0.1. As of this report, he is officially at a 0.1 Vorp. Yes, he which is, he was at last week as well. Yes, he is officially still better than a replacement player based on this stat. We all know he's much more valuable than a replacement player based on other stats alone. Some season averages for Terrence right now. He's averaging 10 points, five boards, three assists, all career career highs up to this point. His minutes have also gone from 19 a game to 29 a game. Yeah, and his usage in those minutes is very interesting. He's getting Trez rolls. He's getting like 17 minutes at a time. Him and Kennard are kind of trading this off to just kind of be chaotic Terrence and make things happen, which is usually good. We said we were kind of whelmed with Eric Bledsoe up to this point. How do we feel about Terrence Mann so far through almost 20 games? I'm above whelmed on Bledsoe. All right, that's fair. Where are you at with Terrence Mann? Whelmed to above whelmed. (laughs) Right, but not overwhelmed. No, overwhelmed. But, I mean, like, that's not a knock on him. I mean, (laughs) No, of course. He's been playing great ball. He's another one of those players who... I mean, everything isn't about like net rating and plus minus, but who wants to look at graphs when you're talking about ball? You know? It's true. It's true. <laughs> but he is, you know, like it's quantifiable the way that he is, you know, contributing, especially in non PG minutes to at the very least help keep this team afloat. Yes. Positive impacts, grabbing boards out of nowhere. He hit, um, I think he hit a three versus Dallas, like a corner three versus Dallas, um, which was great. Yeah, he did. Um, he went one of one, which is fantastic. And his conditioning is something we kind of talked about a little bit when before the season started. Yeah, and it seems like just because of the way things better. ended in the playoffs, like where his minutes got kind of weird, and we never really yeah. talked about it. Um, but no, he looks good. I mean, he he is stepping up defensively, and I mean, he's just doing. He, he's developing in the way that you want a you know a young rotation player to develop. Yes, I think we all got very excited after the game against the Jazz, and there was. Some rose-colored glasses about what his role would be scoring-wise with this Clippers team. Um, but he's making positive steps, which is fantastic. Um, think about wraps up. Anything else in shavings we want to talk about? No, I don't think so. Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. Tuesday's episode, preview of that second game versus the Mavs. Not sure if Luke is going to play. We know Batum will be out. No update on Marcus Morris either. Twitter Tuesday, so send those questions into at Clips. And of course, whatever else happens between now and then in Clipper land, Will, where can these people tell their family that if they want to stay for Thanksgiving dinner, they have to listen to our podcast? <laughs> uh, you can check us out on iTunes or the podcast app. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. We're on Amazon Music. We're on G&T Pods. That's a fun... That's a fun... It's saucy. Oh, yeah. Things get a little crazy over there. Uh, if you wanted to help this show out, you can leave a rating or review over on iTunes or the podcast app. Five stars really helps us out. Mm-hmm. We mentioned it up top, but we do come at you Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Pacific. We'd love to have your listen. We absolutely would. I have been Positive Chuck Mockler. And I am William the Opinion Updike. And as always, we appreciate you.